I mean, when I was growing up, uh, I didn't have any art scene. I didn't have any reference points that I could turn to. And like I, uh, what I say quite often as well is that like, I just wish that someone had told me that there was like an existing art scene, like with the likes of Hassan Sharif or Muhammad Ahmed Ibrahim. Um, but I only found that out until like after my university that that was even happening. Hosh Bosh with Anita and Sara. This podcast is powered by Foundry, a hybrid progressive art space located in downtown Dubai's Boulevard. It includes exhibition spaces, co-working environment, a creative library, podcast room, and a cafe. Hey, Anita. Hey, Sarah. This is our 20th episode. Can you believe that? I can't believe it. It's like we were releasing our trailer yesterday. It really does we did feel like that. five months of episodes weekly. That's crazy. I'm kind of proud of us. No, I'm proud of us. This is this has been such an adventure. And what a note to end this adventure on. Sara Safwan is our final episode, our final guest for season one. Um, she's amazing. She's a curator at the Guggenheim in Abu Dhabi, which she said will open in four to five years, inshallah. She is also the co-founder of Banat Collective with Sara Alagrubi, who was one of our previous guests, one of our earliest guests as well. Yeah, and I think she talks us through both of those experiences, her experience on the Guggenheim side, but also her experience on the Banat Collective side. And it makes for a really great episode to close the season off. So listen, this is going to be the last one for a little while, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Enjoy! So, yeah, thanks for doing it so late as well. And um, I appreciate it. I know everyone's working. I went to the office today and stuff as well. So it's like. <laughs> Where do you work? Uh, at Guggenheim Abu Dhabi. Okay. Um, and yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's a busy end of year. <laughs> yeah. What's the museum opening? Uh, hopefully in like, I'm going to say, I can say like maybe four to five years. From oh, now. But okay. the building's been announced, so um, we're on track <laughs> to get there, hopefully. yeah. That's super exciting. Maybe you can tell us a bit about, I mean, I guess it's really confusing to imagine. You're a curator, right? Yeah. Confusing <laughs> to imagine what a curator does at a museum that won't exist for another four to five years. So can you walk us through what that's like? Yeah, of course. I mean, um, in order to build a museum, you have to fill it as well. So we really have to... Um, research and build a collection from scratch which is um, very rare usually museums are built off of already existing collections private collections Um, so the great thing about this opportunity with Guggenheim Abu Dhabi is that we really get to start from scratch and we're building kind of a different narrative um, to what has usually been told um, really focusing on decolonizing our history and the language and really introducing alternative art histories, um, you know, especially from the region. So we're really focusing on uh, West Asia, North Africa, South Asia. And so all of these artists will be, will be presented in a light that feels much more um, represented and centered. So it's super exciting to be doing all of this work. Yeah. <laughs> so is the bulk of your research now in terms of acquisitions for the collection exactly. or also just 
general research about the field? Um, yeah, so researching acquisitions. Um, uh, so my specialty is definitely uh, Middle East um, and the closer region, specifically Gulf as well. Um, and sort of over the past five years of having worked at Guggenheim Abu Dhabi, we've been sort of just like building that, um, obviously with my peers as well and like my friends here in the local community. And it's great to having to have to support them. Um, I recently launched as well uh, in the studio, which is a Guggenheim Abu Dhabi program that focuses on artists living uh, and residing in Abu Dhabi. Um, so it's really great to have them support and have Guggenheim represent them as well. So it all is it's all about like giving back and returning and building those those relationships. Exciting. So cool. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Um, could you tell me a bit about the like acquisition process? Like when you find a work that you like, first mm -hmm. of all, how do you find like, putting aside the research, right? Like, let's say there's a work that sounds amazing. How do you find where it's actually located? and whether it's available, and is that ever negotiable? Of course, I mean, it's a whole process. Like, you build relationships with collectors, with gallerists, with other institutions. Um, sometimes, you know, I have, you know, my senior peers, um, my senior colleagues that have been looking for works for, like, 10 years plus, and, you know, recently landing on them, for example. So those are really kind of, like, golden opportunities, um, especially for those older works and rare, rare works. Um, but obviously for like contemporary artists, maybe even younger, there's kind of like this process of wanting to be able to support them while they're still not having, you know, like such an established representation yet. Um, but being kind of like the first ones in that field to be able to like build that is really exciting as well. Um, but yeah, acquisition process, it's, it's, it's a headache. <laughs> it's a lot of documentation, a lot of due diligence process. So like, um, I guess it can be split into uh, curatorial and conservational and curatorial usually involves the research aspect of it, finding the provenance, um, negotiating with the galleries or the prices and things like that. And then the conservation aspect, looking at the work, the condition, seeing how it's been treated, um, and if there needs to be treatment, for example. So all of that is like super exciting. And <laughs> yeah, I love working with the conservators as well because you just learn so much from them. And like they have this like other perspective about artwork that actually helps you understand the process of the artist even more, which is always great. So do you focus mostly on contemporary artists or? Yeah, definitely more on the contemporary side. And obviously, um, learning a bit more about uh those modern artists that have obviously sometimes you know been able um you know to that contemporary artist reference like quite often as well um but i think what's really interesting is that um modern artists from the region in particular aren't so heavily written about most of the time and so a lot of the work that we do are a lot of primary source research um talking directly with the artists if they're still alive wow. um you know, building all of that firsthand research that is is not publicized, or even if it is, sometimes it's only in Arabic, um, so we have to translate it. So it is a huge privilege to be able to be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go back to something you said earlier, which is which is when you were talking about acquiring the work of younger artists who are not necessarily younger, but more emerging and mm -hmm. haven't necessarily established their careers in full. And I think that that's something that, like 
the traditional museum model doesn't really account for. It's really interesting that that's something that the Guggenheim Abu Dhabi is trying to do. Is there a particular reason why this was something that they chose to? I mean, Guggenheim Abu Dhabi is being built in Abu Dhabi and the UAE, which is already such a fresh new ground. And so is the art landscape itself. And so... Um, I mean, we see a lot of artists just like coming up very quickly and like kind of expanding their practice, like like Afra Zahri, Hasha Lamki, Meitha Abdullah. Um, all these artists have like moved on almost to bigger, better things, which is like super amazing to be able to represent the UAE in that way. Um, you know, so it really is all about kind of, um, you know, providing that platform, giving the support, institutional support, which is, I, I think, really integral as well to building that creative economy. I wanted to ask you about, so so you said you, did you grow up in Abu Dhabi? Yes. It's your hometown. Yeah, I'm from Abu Dhabi. Um, my dad's Emirati and my mom's from Honduras. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, and did, have you lived there your whole life or did you ever go abroad? Um, so yeah, I kind of, I grew up in the States. Um, like I was born here in Abu Dhabi. My dad had to do his master's. So we went over there and I moved back. Um, I think we were there for maybe four or five years or something. I moved back when I was nine. So I've been here since. Oh, wow. So most of your life. Yeah. So do you feel like that plays a part in like the, your curatorial perspective on things do you feel really mm. fully that you are like steeped in the UAE contemporary art climate I think 100% I think it's like really impossible to say that it hasn't um I mean when I was growing up uh I didn't have any art scene I didn't have any reference points that I could turn to and like I uh, what I say quite often as well is that like I just wish that someone had told me that there was like an existing art scene like with the likes of Hassan Sharif or Mohammed Ahmed Ibrahim. Um, but I only found that out until like after my university that that was even happening. You know, I used to think that um, the UAE was so void of any art or critical thought or anything like that, which was so frustrating to actually grow up in for a long while. And so I think that that in itself is what drove me to kind of like go into a curatorial practice which does involve a lot of heavy thinking and and research um so yeah definitely yeah and i i'm just curious because i know that a lot of the cultural practitioners and cultural professionals who are working here are foreign not i mean look anita and i are both imports mm -hmm. neither of us are emirati even if we have been based here for a significant period of time um, how do you feel the two work together, like the local cultural practitioners and those from abroad? And do you think like there's something that a local mm -hmm. person can exclusively bring in terms of perspective and something that the foreigners can too? I mean, 100%. I mean, I work in the Guggenheim Abu Dhabi project. So this is like a relationship of <laughs> that. Exactly. Yeah. So there is sometimes I feel like... Um, uh, a lot of perspective that we do have to offer, you know, in terms of cultural context, like that is extremely important. You know, what sort of art are we able to present? What sort of um, conversations are we able to bring up? You know, what sens sensitivities are there? Um, it's always really important to have, even doing the Banat show, I mean, that was heavily considered all the time as well. Um, but in terms of that, I mean, 
Um, I mean, yeah, I just I would love to see just a lot more like homegrown talent, like despite not even just Amarati, but like, you know, people who have grown up here as well. To And I've seen a lot as well that have just like contributed so much. Um, but all of I think what is worries worrisome is all of the imported kind of expertise and knowledge. I think sometimes there is a feeling of like entitlement um, and kind of power structure that it doesn't. Yeah, I don't completely agree with. So, but yeah, we're growing, and that's that's something to be a proud of. I think. Yeah. yeah. And I do maybe just um, the people that I'm surrounded by, but I do feel like more artists, more curators are confident in the like. We're building confidence in our own way of doing mm-hmm. things here. Like, yes, your opinion, your best practice is appreciated wherever you come from, but we have, like, something going on here, too, you know? Like, we don't need to learn everything from you, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I think, like, um, I think that there is already a lot of knowledge and a lot of smart people and really just need to be given that opportunity to showcase it. Now I think we can transition to <laughs> okay. the financial. I mean, it fits perfectly with the whole conversation about having the means and the opportunity to showcase your talent and your work. And I think it's super amazing that Warehouse is doing a lot of the outreach programs that they're doing. And also the, um, so this this specific exhibition was curated as a product of the curatorial ex- what Curatorial the Development Program. Okay, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I know Mace will be proud of me to be <laughs> saying that. Yeah. Um, so, um, the the show actually began from a call for submission that Benat did. Um, it was later on when we had finished the call and built an exhibition proposal that we approached Warehouse. And then that's when Warehouse came in and said, this is what we can offer you. Um, what I really loved is that when we did go to Warehouse that they were like, um, when like when we work with um you know our curators or artists or whatever we always want to give something back so what is a skill or anything that you would like to be developed and worked on um and then they came up with the curatorial development program which is like freaking amazing um because i'd been sort of begging for a platform for curators to be able to practice and obviously we know that there's a lot of things for artists at the moment but curators are sort of (laughs) the ones kind of like in the middle um and yeah the the development program was amazing um we were mentored by Rohit Gol from from Bikar um uh and Chama and Kunal who are also working closely with him as well um and the colloquium was completely built on the exhibition proposal that we had given so it was really interesting that to find um, theory and text um, that was already in our ideas, but to have it kind of validated in a kind of academic text was really exciting. And I think that's what really helped the exhibition kind of like flourish. Yeah. I think it's so interesting how reversed things are happening in this narrative. Like, first of all, you approach Warehouse 421 with a proposal and then they build a curatorial development program. And then you propose an exhibition and then later find theories that reify everything that you're proposing. Um, And I think if anything, that's like a testament to how much one should trust their intuition. You know, like you guys were onto something and you found, you know, voices out there that agreed with that. When you had the open call. Yeah. Um, and you received so many submissions. I think seventy. Oh wait, two hundred and seventy no. submissions. Of, yeah, of writing, of poetry, of uh, 
uh, art, uh, like everything, everything. Um, and we really had to sift through that. And what was great, like about, you know, what you were saying, um, you know, it really was kind of coming off conversations that were already happening. That's what's great about Call for Submissions is that you're kind of able to see what artists are already talking about and doing. And then Sara and I, Sara Lagrubi, were able to find a link through out of all of those conversations and saying like, okay, this is the conversation that is definitely like needed to be had at the moment. And like, we need to be able to showcase that. So that was really fun. And how did you phrase the call for submission? It was first titled The Mystical Woman. <laughs> and it feels like so long ago now that I say it, because it's been developed so mm -hmm. much since that initial call. Um, and yeah, first it was just kind of like, okay, how can we look at kind of the idea of myth and woman and kind of like, um, you know, what is it about woman that makes it so mysterious and mystical? Or is it, or is it, um, society itself wanting to kind of like make women um, not um, human, not human, but also just not kind of pinpointed in one place. You know, we're kind of placed in many different aspects and profiles. And um, I think the identity of that is just constantly being like consumed and regurgitated and there is no like constant. And I think um, through, the, through the exhibition, we were just trying to find like a tangible way to be able to, um, yeah, just kind of like direct that. And especially in the context of like our region as well, which is, which isn't so often told from our own perspective and narrative and voice and everything. <laughs> yeah. Super cool. And then were there, I mean, probably a lot of submissions that you want to include, but then you already came up with the theme. So. Sada and I have had so many like fights and debates over certain artworks, artists and stuff like that. So it was just kind of like, um, I mean, yeah, but at the end of the day, that, that was really great actually about the curatorial program. It's just because like Rohit was able to kind of like give us a systematic approach to our kind of chaotic creative thinking. Um, and so that was really where we were like able to, build like solid themes and if an artist didn't fit in any of that then what like it wouldn't do it any justice if we gave that artist you know the wall and and it didn't you know fit in yeah. with the rest of the room so yeah yeah I think that's incredibly evident when you when you walk through the show I think the chapters as individual distinct sections but also very cohesively organized I think that's what makes the show so easily to, easy to digest um but also really? so i find it i find it easy to digest okay. because i think um well i think one thing that's really interesting first of all is that it strikes me as a museum show in a way that i haven't seen warehouse 421 shows Thank presented you. before uh, and i think that is a big compliment um i think a lot of curators i mean there's there's two um camps right like there's the curators who uh try and move away from putting text on a wall and then there's the curators who are unabashed in their text on the wall but their text on the wall is done in such a way that doesn't you know over over contextualize and kind of prescribe uh, meaning and I think that's what makes it digestible especially for a topic that you know is you wouldn't automatically think an exhibition like this would be palatable to a UAE audience mm -hmm. um 100% so I think yeah, how how did you guys navigate that? How did you guys navigate, I think, the incongruity of, like, this show and it being in... 
we just wanted to make it as accessible as possible like the text like as you said like i'm just really happy to hear that because we really like worked so hard on trying to make it you know digestible accessible you know if someone just walked in to warehouse which is what you know warehouse wants they just want kind of your everyday person to be able to walk in and enjoy art and if someone were to walk in and like come across this show like would they be able to understand it i think it's so pointless to make exhibitions that no one can understand i mean like you're not gonna have any fun you know otherwise so um we did that i mean through the glossary as well like uh warehouse did such a great job in translating kind of like these terms such as like um patriarchy misogyny um all of these words that you know aren't necessarily in our everyday arabic like language but it's just kind of like to be able to make that connection and like bring it home you know i think it was so 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 important yeah <laughs> what was the biggest challenge in curating that show cuz i'm sure you've had several uh, i mean the biggest challenge i mean i i would have to say like i was so nervous putting it out into the public like it the topic is just you know so difficult to speak about um in such a public platform you know we've been talking about this like during out during lockdown through covid um all behind like closed doors and like obviously with other like-minded people but in public is just such a different ball game and that was the most terrifying thing like i thought when we opened like everyone was just going to hate it <laughs> genuinely i was just like oh what if we've done this wrong have we are we able to represent the artist the right way like it was so important like all of the all of the artists like they're it's so like personal and like from their own stories so to be able to like represent them um in the right light was like incredibly important um cuz yeah if we didn't do it justice like it would just been a massive failure <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and what has the reception been like? I mean, I know it's an amazing show, so I can't believe that you were terrified. Thank you so much. I mean, um, so far, like, so good. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'd literally be going up to everyone and, like, everyone can vouch for this. Like, I, I'm i like, if you have any criticism, like, tell, tell me. me. Tell me. I really want to know. Like, I want to make sure, like, you know, that we're, we're doing something right here and... Um, I've only had like a couple of things where maybe like the show at the end gets a bit much and yeah it's a lot to digest when you get through it when you get through everything um I definitely wish that we could have maybe cut a bit more more artists um just to make it you know like a little bit more enjoyable cuz I I I know when you get to the end it does get like a bit tiring but um so far like that's been the only criticism but if anyone has any, call me. <laughs> <laughs> what was the most unexpected response to work or the exhibition in general? Um, like everyone has had their kind of like own favorites when they go into the exhibition. And I think that's what I really like. And one of the strengths actually is that we have so many artists from many different places. So someone's able to find something that relates to them. Um, I think one particular one that kind of made me like kind of emotional was like, um, you know, uh, 
one person who works at warehouse she came up to me and she was like i just want to let you know that i really love this artwork um the one that's by uh, amina yahya and it talks talks about sexual harassment in egypt um because she was from egypt and she was like you have no idea how much we um we go through this on our every day and it's such a huge problem and like to be able to see it in this art really makes me you know super happy and that was just like <laughs> so amazing yeah that's super cool yeah. um yeah. i mean not to get put the cart in front of the horse is that the saying put the horse in front of the cart one of the two but uh i'm really curious about where you see banat collective going in the future i mean i know this there's an ongoing exhibition um so this is preemptive <laughs> yeah i mean it's a difficult question um i've been you know banat has been working now for like since 2016 and sort of has grown and developed since then and now we've had this kind of like huge moment pivotal moment in Banat and yeah I'm just kind of like I just want to take a break <laughs> right now yeah but in the future I think like I don't know we'll see where it takes us we really want the show to travel um and reach other places um I think that's a big goal for us at the moment yeah that would be actually crazy yeah that'd be so cool <laughs> and also to have those those artists represented elsewhere and kind of a, it's a very much a peek into like femininity but also through the the specter of the gulf and the exactly. artists residing in it exactly so i think to bring it like somewhere else like if we you know did bring it to like a western country that would be super interesting to see um like to introduce them to another narrative you know and i think also for many of the artists like it was their first time exhibiting as well for some of them and guiding through that process was um was fun yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've had some of the artists in your show on our show before. Yes. <laughs> and the conversations that we've had with them about the works and also about their conversations with you and Sarah Lagrubi about their pieces. It's it's clear that there's a degree of care and like diligence that you put into your relationship with artists. So that's super important. Yeah, it's so important. I've been having this conversation a lot, actually, kind of like the curator's role and kind of between and the relationship between the artists and um I think like I've heard I've just heard so many like bad experiences from artists with curators and I'm just so shocked to hear that sometimes because there really should be kind of like it's a it is an important relationship I think curators can act as like the um outside observer third perspective and um that can benefit the artist in a lot of ways um but also just to yeah just to build that rapport and um that that was super important like throughout the show that Sada and I made sure that all of the artists felt respected and that they had a place to be vulnerable and honest um because ultimately it's it literally is the energy that you put in the show and in the work that's gonna come through yeah on the note of, of the role of the curator, I actually, I think about this a lot, specifically mm. in the context of the UAE. Um, and in particular, because when I learned how to be a curator in London, there was a very different dynamic between the position of a curator and the artist. And it was understood differently from between both parties. Mm -hmm. And when I came here, I actually felt that there wasn't an established culture mm. of 
a curator artist relationship that went beyond like I would like to exhibit your piece. Mm-hmm. When can I have it? When can I give it back to you? <laughs> deadlines, um, deadlines, deadlines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was so disappointing for me because like for me the best part about being a curator is is about, you know, having the conversation with the artist and also even being a part not a part but having conversations about unfinished work, mm-hmm. you know, references, things that they're thinking about, being a, an ally to the artist Pretty more than anything. Yeah. Um, and I just, do you think that this culture is something, like this culture within artists is something that's going to grow? The culture of seeing curators as their allies rather than as like the givers of opportunities? Yeah, I mean, like, I think a lot of people think that curators um, are almost like, above artists like in the like this hierarchy right and I think that um I think a lot of institutions are built that way um unfortunately and so um I really I'm proud of the fact that you know I'm like I make sure that like I put artists first like almost always being able to work in both like grassroots and institutions have been able to like you know, I feel like sometimes I have, like, this other perspective where I'm always telling, like, I'm giving, like, tips <laughs> to my artist friends. Like, oh, by the way, this is something that we always kind of look at. Make sure you have, like, all of this, you know, like, in check. Or um, even with, like, uh, maybe artists that haven't exhibited before. And it's like, okay, like, have you thought about how this looks on the wall? Have you, you know, this is, like, a digital age where we're looking at everything on our phone. And it's like, okay, this is, like, physical space. What are we trying to look at here? But then there's also, yeah, obviously apart from the physical aspect, like the context of the work and like um, guiding through, maybe if you're working in an exhibition specifically, it's like, okay, like, um, you know, tracing back to the original context of the thematics of the show maybe um, and and making sure, you know, and and providing all of that um, advice on how to execute that well as well. Yeah. How old were you when you started Banat Collective? Mm, I just finished university. I think I was um, 26. I feel so old now. I think I was 25, okay. 24, 25, I think. I think uh, it, I mean, I think it's clear that you put a lot of care into your work and it was a pleasure speaking to you about it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. difficult question which living person do you most despise um donald trump (laughs) that'll go for the easy target yeah people go politics on that one which is fair they're not gonna be like oh this person in my (laughs) my life 22 what is your most treasured possession my most treasured possession my engagement ring. <laughs> oh, you just got engaged, right? Yeah, thank you. Congrats. Yeah, I just got engaged in June, July. Yeah, June, July. That's oh. so exciting. That's such a huge life step. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the photos of the story. It looks oh, so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my fiance and I are doing long distance at the moment, so it's, it's nice to have uh, something that I can hold on to for the meanwhile. It's really beautiful. Yeah. But 2021, clearly a big year for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone was saying, like, 
like I just came back or like the show just opened and people were coming out to me like congratulations congratulations and I was like but for what like <laughs> I've had engagement the museum announced and the show opened like I've like yeah it's been a good year 2021 alhamdulillah yeah no, there are worse things than having many yeah. congratulations I love that line congratulations for oh, what for which project <laughs> I'm like on one right now tell me <laughs> what is your motto my motto um yeah trust yourself trust your instinct yeah. That's Always. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a trustworthy motto. Yeah. And if you're curating for the Guggenheim a collection that's going to be there for a long time, a lot of people are going to see, you need to know what you want. You need to believe in yourself. Yeah. I feel like I struggle with that often as well. And like, it's just, yeah, like just to be able to trust your gut is so important. Yeah. I keep trying to remind myself that. It's <laughs> a good reminder. Yeah. I need it too. Yeah. <laughs> Went a bit serious on that one. Yeah. <laughs> what a note to end it on. <laughs> that if we were to place our trust in anyone, we're happy to place it in you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> hey, thank yeah. you, Sarah. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Thank you.